Well, hey there, Mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 92. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. Well, how do you feel when I use the word budgeting? (laughs) Are you like kind of cringy about that? I know that sometimes people get a little bit cringy, I guess you could say, if someone is trying to tell them how to spend their money. Also, when it comes to routine, sometimes people really don't like the word routine because again, they think, oh, that's really restrictive. But today's guest, I hope, is going to change your mind about that, Allie Williams, and she is from Financially Focused. I love the name of her company. And she is a mom of two boys. Actually, our boys are the same number of months apart, which is pretty cool. And she helps people, especially women and moms, create a financial plan that they can stick to which is what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about intentional budgeting, what that looks like. We're going to be talking about having awareness of emotional and spending triggers, how frequently to adjust your budget, several other tactical tips to help you spend and save money intentionally. And before we dive into the conversation, I just want to remind you about the 100K giveaway that we are having on the podcast. There's more information in the show notes. And the prize is a $100 Amazon gift card if you are able to either leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show and be sure to email me the screenshot to info at simplebyemmy.com to be entered. And the giveaway is going between now and January 28th and the winner will be announced on January 30th. So make sure you check out the show notes for more information. And I'm just really excited for you to hear from Allie. She's really all about not depriving ourselves when we are budgeting. She's helped hundreds of people pay off debt, build savings, spend on what they value, which we talk a lot about, invest and feel confident with their finances. So I know you are going to love this chat. So what do you say? Grab your notebook and pen and let's dive into today's conversation with Allie Williams. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Well, hi, Allie. Thank you so much for coming on the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. I am very excited to talk to you, and yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this topic and just the tips we can give some of your listeners. Yes. Yes. I was just saying um, before we hit record that I am not the money manager in our family. (laughs) 
And so I have sort of like a basic understanding. And also I've been doing this simplicity minimalism thing for a while. So I have been making sure my husband and I are aligned on kind of values based financial decisions, but I love bringing on people on the show that have these areas of expertise that I don't have so that we can learn more about these amazing topics. So I would love it if you could introduce yourself and tell us about, you know, you and your family, kind of how you serve women or moms specifically. And then, you know, as I like to say, when you're not doing all of those things, is there anything that you like to do maybe just for you, even though I know you're in the thick of it with kiddos. So sometimes you're like, wait, what did I used to do? But yeah, so I'm Allie. I live in South Carolina with my husband and two little boys. They are almost three and one. So definitely still in the thick of the little children. They're 20 months apart. So having two under two is really fun. <laughs> Just kidding. It was yeah. a disaster for most of it, but we, we're surviving. We recently moved to our like forever home, um, which is on a 25 acre farm in South Carolina. And now we're just going to work on fixing things and making it, you know, our own over the next, you know, 10, 20 years. <laughs> I became debt free at 25 um, and then married into multiple six, 154,000 to be exact of debt. That was my husband's and then, well, legally my husband's, but you know, when we got married, we created a plan together, paid off debt while still saving, investing, getting your Starbucks latte, <laughs> going to things you enjoy, um, which is kind of really what I help people with is figuring out what do you truly value and how can you still spend on what you value whilst while paying off debt, while saving, while investing, doing all of those things. I've been coaching since 2018. I have my MBA in finance. I've done it myself. I've helped hundreds of people do it too. So women-wise, I work with really any situation you're in, single, married, divorced, stay-at-home mom, you know, full-time working mom, whatever it is, all income levels, all debt levels. I truly don't think there's someone I can't help. I've seen it all. So nothing yeah scares me all of it excites me but yeah so that's a little a little bit about my money slash you know life journey in my very spare time I you'll find me at least in the fall at college football games I went to the University of South Carolina and we have season football tickets and my boys have been going literally since birth uh last year my little one was two months old or his first game and they've grown up. That's just going to be their lives in the fall. That's the one thing that I wouldn't cut when we were paying off six figures of debt. Um, and now my boys will just grow up with it. It's definitely hectic, but I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so great. Yeah. I went to a school and my husband went to a school that had a very poor football team and I went to a school with no football team. And so we got adopted into the Penn State family because of family members going there and stuff. So, and we just had our boys go to their first games and it is something really special. Yeah. To be able to share with them. That's yeah. really great. Well, if there is a recent time that comes to mind or even not so recent that you can share as far as when you felt completely overwhelmed, and that could be even marrying into $154,000 worth of debt. <laughs> yeah, no, that was fun. Um, yeah, I definitely, so to that point, you know, I was already kind of, when I met my husband, I was on my kind of personal like money journey, debt payoff journey. So I was, money was kind of like important to me or 
when we started dating on like date three, I was the person who was like asking questions about money, not necessarily because I cared about how much debt he had, but I really cared about could we get on the same page? Because I mm-hmm. truly believe that you can pay off any amount of debt, not saying you're going to pay it off in like three months or, you know, even a year, but the amount doesn't necessarily matter. But like the getting on the same page, do we have similar beliefs around money or goals? That was more important. So he thought he had around 100,000, mostly student loans. And it turns out when we at, when we got engaged and totaled it up, it was around 154, like mostly student loans, credit card, truck payment are the kind of main types of debt. But yeah, that was a fun. Um, thankfully, I had like an idea, like I said, but for me, I'm very, if you couldn't tell, type A. So I just need, you know, to get organized. I kind of gave myself like a day or so to kind of sulk. You know? mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, we can sit here and complain, but that's not going to pay off this, you know, this debt. But motherhood related, I'd say one, having a baby during a pandemic was um, because my first is a 2020 baby. And then also having two under two was, (laughs) like I said, pretty overwhelming. Um, We were trying to move and do a million other things. But yeah, that was, those are probably the ones that stick out. (laughs) Yeah. And our boys are the same number of months apart. So mine are 20 months apart also. And um, us, does it get better? (laughs) Does it it get easier? (laughs) It does get easier. It does get easier. But I just remember just like, yeah, the overwhelm of decisions and just like, yeah, it's a tough season. And yes, it does definitely get better. And I think that the simplifying your environment, whatever that means, and that can be physical or financial or anything. And that just really makes a big difference. And I was just thinking about, I do um, in-person and virtual coaching. And I was at an in-person session today where the person's home was just covered in stuff everywhere. And I think that when it comes to stuff and then also with debt, there's this feeling of kind of hopelessness, you know, just like, well, I'm never going to dig myself out of this. And it just sometimes gets worse because of that. We're not being intentional with how we are spending in this case, our money And, you know, and so it just is kind of like, well, a target trip here and an Amazon order here. And then before you know it, it's too late to make returns. And you're kind of like in this vortex of stuff. And so I really loved when you and I connected kind of talking about the connection between money and intentional budgeting and how that's very similar to how we're intentional with what we bring into our home what we keep in our home. And so I just want to kind of dive into this idea because I think it's really powerful for my listeners to make that connection because they may not think that decluttering and finances have anything in common, but I think that they definitely do. So, you know, when it comes to budgeting, sometimes people kind of recoil at that word. Similar, I think, to routines. It sounds very restrictive. It's like, oh, I don't want to be told like how to spend money or what to do but we want to be able to have that intention, not be in debt. So, you know, could you talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you define a budget maybe for your clients and how that's sort of like this container for our money that we're able to start with what we love and what is important and what we need and kind of having that intentionality. Can you talk through that a little bit? 
Yeah, I think that, you know, decluttering and just like simplicity is way more in common with money than people think is similar to your saying, like how people even with just stuff, you feel like you're in this hole you can't get out of. Like I get that same phrase all the time when it comes to I don't have money saved or I don't know how to budget or I have so much debt. Like I'll never be able to, you know, be that person who pays off debt or, you know, I see other people doing it. Same thing with I've thought the same way, you know, with decluttering, like you see all the people with everything in their houses spotless and organized. And you're like, I'll never do that. You know, I can't be that person. Why try? And it's like, well, maybe you won't be there for a while, but there are steps you can take to get closer to, you know, kind of same thing with when you get rid of stuff, you kind of feel lighter. It's the yes. same thing with when you manage your money, you will feel better. You will feel lighter. You'll feel that weight kind of lifted off. And um, back to the container point of, a budget is simply just telling your money where to go, just like you would, you know, put your stuff certain places. I think it does get people hate the word budget because I think when you learn budgets in school or whatever, it's very like textbook. You know, you learn it in a finance class if you took one or maybe related to a business class and you're like, oh, this is, you know, so boring. But the best part about budgeting, in my opinion, is you get to tell your money where to go. So if your budget is very restrictive, Unfortunately, you can only blame yourself, in my mm -hmm. opinion, because you created it that way. And it doesn't have to stay that way. So similar to like a closet or, you know, a room where you're going to like set aside space for certain things, you'll do the same thing in your budget. So your budget should have, you know, a place for savings and debt payoff or investing. Or if you're like me and like football, maybe it's even one game of, you know, a, a ticket or a season ticket. So you're going to designate certain amount of like, quote unquote, you know, space in your budget based on your priorities. And that will change over time, just like, you know, your space might change or your closet will change based on seasons or life, you know, goals. So with your budget, say you're in a season where, you know, you really want to pay off that credit card and that's what's giving you the most anxiety. It's like, okay, you're going to prioritize debt payoff and give more room in your budget to extra debt payments. And maybe that means, yeah, you can't save as much for you know, an all-inclusive vacation at the moment, but, you know, you're going to focus on where your priorities are and you can definitely prioritize multiple goals at the same time. Maybe you do have a trip coming up next summer that you need to save for, but you're also trying to pay off debt. So, you know, in your budget, I should see both extra debt payments and savings transfers. You know, your budget will tell me and tell you where your money is actually going. So if you tell me, you know, I'm prior, I want, I prioritize debt payoff. It's like, I don't see that in your budget. Mm -hmm. You don't really prioritize that <laughs> same thing with, you know, space. If you're like, I prioritize, you know, I really love, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't like clothes or bags. So I'm the worst person for a closet analogy, <laughs> but if you love like designer purses or something mm -hmm. and you want to display them in your closet, like if I don't see them there and they're like tucked under, you know, a bed, then like, do you really value that? Or can we get rid of that? <laughs> same thing in your budget. If, subscriptions, for example, if you have 15 subscriptions and you use two of them, you know, let's cut the ones you don't use, save some money. So you could put that money towards the things you truly value. So really a budget is just telling your money where to go. And it should be pretty clear in your budget, you know, what you value and what you prioritize because mm -hmm. you can see it as a line item, you know, in your budget. Yeah. I love that. And I think that one of the areas that my listeners struggle with most is that they have that random target run and then target is designed. I was just talking to my friend about this target is designed with women in mind, I think, and moms, especially. 
So you end up getting far more than you thought you were going to get. And then you go home and you're like, wait, why did I buy this? And then you're at least stays in your car for months. And so let's say that a listener is like, okay, Ali, this makes sense. And I am going to figure out kind of what I'm prioritizing, sort of have those buckets, decide what percentage or amount of our take-home pay is going towards it. But then when I show up at Target and I have my three-year-old and my one-year-old like yelling, mommy, mommy, mommy. And like, you know, I want this, I want that. How do we actually like make sure that we're sticking to what we say in the moments where it's really easy to have this like non-intentional purchasing and kind of our trigger stores or like, we're always going to just do the one click on Amazon. Like how do you advise your clients to deal with that? Cause that's like a real struggle. I think that a lot of women and moms deal with every day. Oh yeah. I'd say the main question or something that comes up all the time, like when I work with people is Amazon and Target or, or takeout or like, you know, quick, you know, like yes. a fast food or takeout are probably the three things I hear daily. <laughs> um, and I think it's one first being aware, kind of like you said, if you know that Target is your kind of impulse store, you know, it's your weakness, then there's some boundaries you have to put in place with Target. So that might mean you only do Target pickup, like you order online. So you don't have to get your kids out of the car, you go and pick it up. And you can kind of quickly see what's in your cart. you know, you can still compare deals and coupons, you can track the amount, make sure it's, you know, a budgeted amount. But for me, for a while, I had to do that. Like I couldn't go into Target because I knew I would overspend. And, yeah. and if you know that about yourself, it's like, don't put yourself in those situations. I'm not saying there might be something where you have to run in quick, but there's ways to kind of put those like guardrails kind of up mm-hmm. with your impulse store. So, or if you know you're going in for one thing, grab one of those like little, you know, baskets versus a cart or don't grab anything and just go get the one thing you need because you're kind of like, you know, avoiding a little bit, some of that temptation where you don't have a cart to just fill, you're going in, grabbing the one thing you need or do target pickup or ask your spouse to get it (laughs) or something. Um, You kind of have to protect yourself with those impulse, you know, stores, or if you know, you're spending triggers, Amazon, I had this chat yesterday. Um, I run like a signature coaching program and we had like a call and literally Amazon came up on the call. And one of the things I always say is, instead of adding it to your cart, add it to like a list first. Like I have a list for me and my boys and yes, it's still, it's still on the list. You can still see what you want. You know, you can also send that list to family members for birthdays, holidays, whatever, but at least putting it in the, on a list versus a cart lets you pause. We need to have those kind of moments of allowing us to pause and regroup because it is so easy online now to buy now, add to cart. And then all of a sudden you have eight Amazon packages coming to your door Mm -hmm. over the the next two days. So I think recognizing your spending triggers is really important. And if you're not sure where yours are, if you go through your bank account or credit card statement, you will quickly be able to see, you know, where some of your spending triggers are. You can also, one thing to look at is, is it always on Fridays? Is it when you're overwhelmed Mm. from the end of the week and you just, you know, impulse by everything. Is it certain seasons? Like is summer a spendier season or is winter? Like just starting to be aware of kind of your emotional and just spending triggers is really important. And then putting in some kind of guardrails or boundaries, um, you know, spending rules, like for anything over a certain amount, you have to wait 24 hours or whatever it is. You kind of have to start getting creative and limiting yourself. But yeah, I mean, those Amazon, Target, all those are definitely 
I'd say a, you know, a pain point for most women. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I love some of the tips that you're giving as far as we're starting with that values-based assessment, you know, where do we want our money to go? How much do we want in the areas? And then when it comes to some of these um, roadblocks or some of these mental blocks, just having that awareness, having that pause, being able to reassess and, you know, how frequently, so let's say someone is starting to do that, they're becoming more aware. How frequently do you recommend people reassess and look at their budgets and kind of like see how they're doing and then be able to change or tweak that and is that just on your own? Is that ideally with your spouse or how do you recommend doing that? Yeah. So the method I teach that I think works for 99% of people is budgeting per paycheck. So if you get paid twice a month, you would have kind of like too many budgets. So anything that would come out of that paycheck, you know, you're doing one budget per paycheck. One, if you get paid weekly, you'd have, you know, four kind of mini budgets. If you and your spouse get paid twice a month, but opposite weeks, you would still budget weekly. So you kind of have to see like based on your own situation, but definitely recommend budgeting per paycheck for a few reasons. One, it forces you to check in more often. I always recommend checking in at least weekly uh, so we can be proactive versus reactive. So if you had one week and you did overspend, it happens. Like anyone who tells you their budget is perfect is lying to you. <laughs> There's everyone goes over budget. So if anyone tries to be like, I never, they're lying. They've, they're not, you know, that's not the truth. So if you are over one week and you check in that week, then it gives you time to make adjustments for other weeks so that your month overall, you know, is still good. Um, and you can move things around. And also it helps you see with a lot of people, I've found that the first half of their month is heavier than the second half because that's usually when like your rent or mortgage is due and a lot of your big bills are due first half of the month. So if you budget for paycheck, we can see like, should we move due dates? Should we split the bill? It gives us just more visibility into what's actually happening in the month because a lot of people I work with will be like, I have no money until the 15th or whatever. And then I have a lot of money and you spend it, but then you need, you know, you get kind of stuck in the cycle. Um, and then if you are managing money with a partner, either, you know, you need to understand how your partner wants to manage money as well, as much as, like I said, I'm very like spreadsheet type A, which my husband is not. So we had a budget meeting. Our first official budget meeting was 2018. And I came to him with a binder of all of this stuff. And he looked at me and was like, no, <laughs> nope. 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 And so I was like, what do you mean? Like, this isn't fun, you know? So I think having a conversation with your spouse about how do they want to manage money? Do they want to be involved in daily transactions? Do they want to be updated? Do they want formal sit downs? And it's going to take some trial and error. We don't do like formal meetings, but we keep money very conversational while we were in the thick of paying off debt. I'd be like, Oh, we paid off this amount, you know? Oh, we have this coming up. We keep, he knows if there's something he wants or needs, he has to give me time, like months to plan and do sinking funds. So he's like, I need new tires in four months. Cool. Great. I can plan versus coming to me. You know, I need a thousand dollars tomorrow. Like I can't, you know, our budget's set. We can't just, you know, do that. So I think getting to the point where you are talking about money, just like you talk about how's your day at work or what's going on with the kids is the goal, but really understanding that your partner might be in a different place and having those conversations to kind of just start opening the doors of communication for yeah. money. No, I love that. And I am definitely 
I do. I'm very organized about things, but then sometimes when we get deep into the financial weeds, I just kind of like shut down. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I'm definitely more like your husband in that way. But one of the things that you said I really love is the flexibility that when you're kind of looking at it sort of as like two budgets, for example, then you can kind of move things. And then also having that planning component for the sinking funds, um, which I'm going to have you define in just a second, because I have heard of that. And I think that that's a great way to not only be more proactive, but it kind of reduces some of that stress and overwhelm that comes from unexpected things that can cause a lot of stress within, you know, a marriage or a partnership. And so can you just quickly define what sinking funds are maybe, and then how you recommend your clients like plan for those types of things? Yeah. So sinking fund is just pretty much like something you're saying, like a specific thing you're saving for. So you can have general sinking funds, meaning there's no defined amount or date. So um, maybe pets or home repairs or car repairs or um, things medical, like maybe, you know, these are things that you, that come up throughout the year, but you don't know exactly when or the amount. And then you can have more specific sinking funds. For example, like we pay our car insurance in full, like full every year to every January. So we save and then pay it. So, you know, there's a firm date and a firm amount, or if say you have a trip that is next June, you know, exactly what you need. You can have a sinking fund for like Mexico 2024 or whatever it is. And you know what you need and you know, you need it before June, you know, or else, it will probably go on a credit card or something like that. So it's pretty much just very specific savings goals. So for example, we have pets because we have a dog and we've had fun vet bills for that. We have repairs, which for us, it's home and car. I just kind of loop together. We have our car insurance and which is specific and our car registration. So things like that. Some, some are seasonal. So you might have like a Christmas or holiday sinking fund. Maybe you save throughout the year for the holidays. Maybe you only save six months. It just depends on, you know, your budget and your goals. So you don't have to save the same amount every month. Sometimes it's seasonally. We're saving, we save for a car. We have to buy a new car. So that was a sinking fund. When we were in the process of buying a house, a home is a sinking fund. So um, what I like to do for just, I also tell people all the time, I think that most expenses aren't unexpected. We just didn't plan for them, which I, some people don't like that because they're like, what do you mean? And it's true. I mean, most like, I'm not saying you're going to picture, you know, my car, gosh, and I was in the thick of like paying off debt, my car, literally like I needed a new engine. And I was on the side of the road, like, you know, crying practically. I'm like, I can't get an engine, but like, could I predicted that? No, but if I'm a car owner, I can predict that I probably will need some kind of car repair at some point. Same thing with a homeowner. If you own a home, you need a home sinking fund because something will happen. You don't know when, but it will. So I like to do what I have in my program, um, Flourish Financially. I have this year overview tracker and it's, I have it on Google Sheets, but also you literally just mapping out your year, going through your calendar, going through um, birthdays, anniversaries, annual fees, kids, school trips, like just planning it all out. And then if you have a month that is really expensive, say April, you're like, oh, I have a wedding, my four birthdays and this, and it's a thousand dollars. And you know, in your budget, you can't just, you know, throw in a thousand dollars and hope for the best. Now you have time, say it's only January, you have time to split that up. So what I recommend is splitting that over between, you know, your January, February, March budget. So by the time you get to April, that, you know, you have it saved and you're not as overwhelmed because you're not trying to find $1,000 in April. So as much as you can prepare, it obviously takes some upfront work, but then it becomes 
kind of second nature, just like other mm -hmm. stuff. So even with budgeting, like, yes, it's annoying to set up to do certain things. But for me, it's like managing my money takes 10 minutes a week. I just on Fridays, yeah. check in, move stuff, move on, you know, I, so once you kind of get the hang of it, just like anything, the goal is not that this takes you five hours a week. It's, it kind of becomes just part of your normal weekly routine. And it, it does get to be pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really, really helpful. And I guess my, my last question would be just as far as like the overwhelmed mom that is just like, oh my gosh, like there's so much chaos. Like my life is chaos. I hear this all the time and just looking for the simplest way to get started Besides, of course, you have to do some of that internal pre-work of like, okay, what do I value? Like you talked about, and then being able to have sort of that plan. But, you know, a lot of times people get focused on the tools. So they're like, well, I need this special app and I need to use this special spreadsheet and I need, or else I just can't do it right. So I'm just not going to do it at all. What would be sort of your like best tip for just low barrier to entry, super simple way for the overwhelmed mom to get started with all of these great things that you've recommended. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned spreadsheets because mine like that I use are truly the simplest, ugliest spreadsheets, like no charts. Just, But I've had people who use them are like, this works. And I'm like, I know because we get so focused on having, like you said, eight charts and pretty colors and 70 tabs, which sound great in theory, but when you have little kids and work and other stuff going on, you don't have time to go through eight different tabs showing you like, you know, conclude like all this stuff analysis. You just want to know, do I have money for this? Am I on track for my goals? And like, let's move on. So yeah, I always am like, my spreadsheets are so simple, but then people are like, I need simple. I'm like, same, me too. I just, you know, you compare it to like all the other fancy spreadsheets and sometimes fancy isn't what's best, but to start, I'd say the first thing you have to do, which is truly the worst step, but it's, but it's needed is a money audit. Just kind of same thing. If you were trying to simplify your house is like, it's the worst step, right? Is to pull everything out and go through it. But it's the same thing with your money is you need to know where you're starting because we get in our heads a lot. And sometimes we think it's worse than it is. Sometimes it is worse than it is, but we won't know until we, until we actually look at our true numbers. So what I want you to do is set aside time or this might take you an hour. It might take you three weeks. I don't know, you know, depending on your schedule, definitely don't rush it, but you need to know how much you have in debt, not just amount, but what types of debt interest rate, current balance, like literally like detail level, how much debt, how much do you have in savings? Is it just savings or is it specified for certain goals? What are you truly spending in a month? I always say choose an average month, like don't choose December because everyone spends more in December for the most part. So choose an average month, go through all your expenses. We need to get do a complete money audit. And if you're scared to check your accounts, I know like that, that overwhelm comes up, but I know if you do it, you will feel better because at least you'll know your real numbers, not what you think it is. So it kind of similar to like decluttering and simplifying your home. It's the same type of thing. We need to, we need to know where we're at today. So that would be like, you have to do that. Don't rush to budgeting. Don't rush to anything else. We need to start with a money audit. Yeah, that's really, really helpful. And you're right. I mean, when you were talking about your husband and he was like, yeah, I think it's like a hundred and a hundred thousand. And then you do all the math and you're like, no, actually it's more than yeah. that. You have to have that baseline of kind of knowing, you know, where you're starting. And um, do you recommend just like you said, like that simple spreadsheet just to kind of like have the categories and then just sort of track it that way? 
Yeah. So I have like, um, I have like an expense tracker, but you can, I mean, you can literally use a pen and paper or whatever, like what I, I tell people, whatever you'll actually check is what I want you to use. So if you are a pen and paper person, do not try to go use a fancy spreadsheet, do it old school, use a pen and paper, whatever you'll actually use. If you love spreadsheets, yeah, categorize it like takeout, home, you know, um, even you can get more specific with vendor. Like, are you spending like $30 a week at Chick-fil-A? <laughs> if so, maybe, you know, just so you know, I always try to add notes too. So if you can think of like, what were you feeling in that moment? Was it a Friday? Just so you can start to see those kind of like spending emotional triggers as well. Fixed bills going through like subscriptions, like then we attack obviously like the low hanging fruit first. If there's like five free trials that you signed up for that are no longer free, or maybe your kids downloaded apps, who knows, you know, there's so many things that can happen. Those little purchases do add up, even if it's, oh, it's $5.99, it's $7.99. It's like, but if you have 10 of those, I mean, that's a decent amount over the course of a year, two years, three years that you could allocate, you know, to debt or savings. So just kind of get it all laid out. And then from there, then you start to form kind of your budget. But back to the values is before you form your budget, pick one to three things that you are really prioritizing in this season of life. So is that debt payoff? And if so, pick one debt, pay all your minimums and then focus on one debt at a time. Don't try to like, you know, if you have 15 student loans and four credit cards, don't try to tackle them all at once, you know, pay your minimums, focus on one debt. Same thing with savings. Maybe you have 10 things you want to save for. And maybe you put a little bit, but focus on like one or two to start that you're going to focus on. And then as you get more comfortable, you know, you adjust. But I think a lot of the overwhelm comes from trying to do everything at the same time. Yeah, I agree. And that works definitely with decluttering your home as well. I was just doing that today where the person would put the thing back in the place where it belonged. And then it was like, okay, is that the home? Yes. And then she would just kind of get distracted and sort of doing go moving on to the next thing so it is really easy to get distracted when you were doing that but um well this has been incredibly helpful i feel like i got a great financial education here in this short amount of time and i would love if you could tell my listeners where they can connect with you and just briefly about you know your signature coaching program and i'll make sure to link to everything in the show notes too yeah. So best place is probably Instagram. At least my phone tells me I spend too much time on Instagram. <laughs> um, and I'm like, if you have questions, uh, things you've learned that you want clarification on, feel free to message me. I'd love to assist in any way I can. Um, my website, which is financially focused, it's financially with an I because like my name, Allie, I have like over 10 different free resources. I have, I've been blogging for years. So there's a ton of free blog posts and content plus information on Flourish Financially, which is my signature coaching program. Um, I have a free foundations course, which is in the freebies. If you're like, where do I start? Free course is the way to go. But yeah, definitely let me know what you found helpful. Um, I'd love to connect. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Allie. This was incredibly helpful. And like I said, I'm feeling very financially inspired. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact, but 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.